Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. We need to learn to be givers. We also should learn to laugh a little more. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Podcast. <laughs> Leadership in Podcast. How about Leadership in Context? What do you think is on my mind today? Leadership in Podcast. Well, I guess it is leadership in podcast. Well, I hope that's your laugh for today. Maybe somebody out there needed needed to laugh. It made me laugh. And I, God knows I could, uh, I like to be around people who make me laugh. How about you? You know, the Bible says the laughter does good like a medicine. It doesn't necessarily cure the root problem, but it gives you a moment of relief. So I think sometimes we need to laugh. Maybe that's just a word for somebody today. Maybe you need to put on a Three Stooges film and laugh a little bit. But anyway, uh, I am doing a seven-part series in Leadership and Context. This is lesson number four. These seven lessons are taken from chapter 18 of my book, The God Who Intervenes. These are just seven lessons I learned when I was writing the book. It was suggested to me that I just condense a couple, like, what are life's lessons? What have you learned? So I, I wrote down seven key lessons I think apply to every believer if you haven't listened to the first three, of course, I took the time to do it, so I think they're worthwhile. So uh, maybe you don't need it, but I bet maybe you have a friend who does, if you know what I mean. But I want to talk about lesson number four, and it's very simply this, be a giver. There are two types of people in this world at the end of the day. There are givers and takers. There are people that look at the vantage point of their life and say, I have something to give. And there are people that say, you owe me something. That's entitlement. And let, let me just tell you this. There's as much entitlement in the church often as there is in the world. And sometimes there's even a lot of entitlement in the ministry where people feel like they're owed something. And we forget that Jesus called us to be givers. Uh, you know, we've been married 43 years, uh, Penny and I. And I would say maybe one of the strongest foundations in our marriage is that we're we're givers. We're both givers. And when I say give, I always think of the three T's, time, talent, and treasure, because God is after your time. He's after your treasure. And ultimately, he's after your heart. And where your treasure is, your heart is. And the truth is, is when God wants to adjust your heart often, at least with me, most often, if not all the time, he messes with my treasure. So I think giving is one of those things like spiritual growth. You don't hit a level and stop. You don't hit a percentage and stop. You don't hit an amount and stop. You just have open hands and say, God, I don't have anything anyway. This belongs to you. Uh, I think, you know, people who think that tithing is the beginning and the ending of giving uh, are really cheating themselves or not cheating God. I mean, the Bible says if you don't tithe, you cheat God. Uh, but if you don't above tithe, then you're cheating yourself. It might be something to think about because until you give 11%, I don't think you've started giving. The Bible says bring the tithe. It's not your tithe. I don't even think we give the tithe. It's God's. It's all God's. And the purpose of that is to uh, tell God that all of it belongs to him. Now, I'm, my objective here is not to talk about tithing, but you have to touch on that subject. I'm talking about the heart of a giver. And uh, we want to always be a heart of a giver. And one of the ways you know that you're not doing well in your walk with God 
is when you start feeling stingy. When you start looking at other people being blessed and feeling jealous rather than rejoicing. It's okay to say, hey, I would like that same thing too. But it's a different thing to think, well, I deserve that more than they do. That's the difference. It's okay to look at somebody being blessed and say, Lord, I wish you'd do that in my life. But it's another thing to look at their life and say, I deserve that more than they do. That's entitlement. That's wrong. That's not of the heart of the giver. That's the heart of a taker. Somebody needed to hear that today. So I just want to challenge you that, uh, you know, being a giver is not always easy, but it's responding to the Lord. And the story I like to tell is this. Uh, a number of years ago, uh, there was a missionary friend of ours who, in their country, they had suffered a tremendous earthquake and tornado and all the disasters that go with it. And I was out preaching. Uh, I was pastoring at the time, but I was out at another church that weekend when I got news of the devastation. Uh, I stayed up Saturday night calling pastors. You know, it's it's hard to reach a pastor on a Saturday night because most of them are secluded for good reasons. But I got a hold of about 20 pastors that Saturday night, and they all agreed to take an offering in the next week or two to help this brother. And as a result of that, thousands and thousands of dollars came in. And after I was all done, I was sitting in my bed in the Hilton Hotel. You know, here I'm in my, my king-size bed feeling pretty good about myself, what I had just done for God, you know. And I got one of those Holy Ghost taps on my shoulder. And it was like, what are you going to do? And I thought, well, what am I going to do? Look, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm God's man of faith and power. I just cashed in all my relationships. I just asked all my friends to give something to something that doesn't benefit me, Lord. It's all for you. But it was, it, that was just something I did. It really wasn't something I gave. And uh, I had this tractor at home. It's called a skid loader, you know, and... Uh, uh, you know, they're, they're a really cool kind of tractor. And uh, we had a big piece of property at the time, about 25 acres. We lived out in the country and I used that, you know, once Western Pennsylvania, you've got big steep hills. My driveway was a big steep hill. And so I would, you know, fix the potholes in my driveway and move the snow and, you know, reroute water in the spring when the spring rains came and, you know, drag fallen trees out. And, uh, of course, if you, you know, if you really want a friend, buy a pickup truck, you have a lot of friends. If you're desperate, buy a skid loader. Everybody will be your friend. I, you know, and I loaned it out to capable people and, uh, we took it to the church several times a year and graded the parking lot. And, you know, we had, uh, we're always landscaping and upgrading things. And I, and I was glad to, to use it that way. And, uh, so I'm sitting in my hotel room and I felt like the Lord tapped me on the shoulder to give the skid loader away. Uh, to make a long story short, I, I decided to do it. And I called home to our missions director and I said to him, I said, listen, uh, actually the skid loader was at the church. It was in the church parking lot at that time. So it was pretty easy. I said, I'll be home. I'll be back in the office on Monday. Could you please get rid of that skid loader? So I never have to look at it again. You know, 2 Corinthians 8 says that our giving should not be affected by covetousness. And that's the willingness or the desire to hang on to things. And I'll be honest with you, I wasn't trying to be super spiritual. I just knew that if I laid my eyes on that tractor, I'd want to keep it. I had saved a lot of money. You know, that was not a, that was a big investment for me. It was like buying a car and I had paid cash for it and, and it was a great tool. And it was, it was a big, it was a big thing to give it quite frankly for me. And, uh, but I knew that if I looked at it, I might just have some reason why I shouldn't give it. <laughs> I might have giver's remorse. Uh, so, you know, I guarded my heart and I said, I said, Casey, just get, get that thing out of my hair 
so that I never have to deal with it again. And I was glad I did. I gave it the full heart. Of course, God blessed me, took care of me. You know, the end of the story on that. Uh, but there's a lesson to be learned there. Sometimes even when you're being moved to give your time, your talent, your treasure, that doesn't mean you're like, oh, giddy about it. It just means you know it's the right thing and you're honoring God. And you know what? It's okay not to trust yourself. I'd, I'd rather trust God and not myself. I just didn't trust my flesh, to be honest with you. And I think I could have even justified maybe writing a big check instead of sending my beloved tracker, but God didn't want a big check. He wanted... He wanted the tractor. Are, are you with me? And so make a long story short, they got it out of there. We had a barge waiting in Miami. We were loading a whole bunch of other stuff. And of course, that there was room on there for the tractor, the skid loader to go. And off it went. And you know, I didn't do it for this reason, but that made a big impact on my kids, especially my boys who understood, you know, what the value of that machine was and how much and how hard I'd worked to save for it and buy it and you know, how pivotal a piece of equipment it was and things like that. And to give it away, that, that was a high impact on them. And uh, they are very, very generous givers today, uh, my sons. And uh, they bring that story up sometime. I don't have to bring it up. So sometimes God is doing something in our heart and our life that we're not even aware of what he's doing. I'm just telling you this. As you go through life, giving should be a sport. It should be an engagement, Okay. It should be something where you're always looking, God, let me improve my serve. Let me be better at giving than I ever was before. You know, Matthew 6.38 says, Give and it shall be given. Good measure, pressed down, condensed, shaken together, and running over. For the same measure you give will be given back to you. Now, that text is not just talking about money. Actually, it's talking about mercy if you read the text. But the principle applies. One of the kingdom principles is things reproduce after their own kind. If you give mercy, you can expect mercy. If you give kindness, you can expect kindness. If you give money, I think you can expect money. Now, the purpose of expecting money, again, let's go to 2 Corinthians 8, 9, is that he gives seed to the sower. What is the purpose of God blessing you? Here's the heart of the giver. And this is how it's happened in my home. Now, we haven't always done everything right, but I think we've been pretty good on this one. When something comes in, a blessing, we get, you know, I a lot of my livelihood over the years has been just dependent on God's generosity. I go to a place to speak, you know, whatever they give me is what they give me. That's how I, that's how I've taken care of my family. I've never, the only time I've ever put a price on that is when I've been in a secular setting, like at a college or, or something like that, where they have an honorarium fund and they say, what's your fee? And then I tell them what my fee is, but I've never done that with the church. I've just depended on their generosity and some weeks you have good weeks and some weeks you don't, but God always pays the bills on Friday. And again, that's been a great testimony to my family. We have prospered and been blessed, but we've also honored what we've got. So when any blessing comes across our hand, we don't say, oh boy, I can't wait because this is what we, the first thing we say is, what should we do with this? Where does this go? And so we always give more than our tithe off of that, okay? And we set funds aside. We have a fund set aside, just like we're saving for certain things we want to do because we're a cash family. Uh, that's a commitment we made and God has honored it. I would highly encourage you to get out of faith in that arena. But we also have funds set aside that when there's a need, when something comes up, I'm able sometimes to be crazy generous. 
above what my income would indicate because that's been a lifetime of planting and developing that harvest bread. Honestly, check the tenderness of your heart. How much are you enjoying giving your tithe every week or every month when you give it? And it should be not just the gross 10%, but it should be the first 10%, just as a as an offering to say, God, God, you're first. And then say, okay, God, now what do you want? That's like the wave offering. When you wave it, you know, when they wave the wave offering, say, God, here's this, whatever you want more. Here's life lesson I'm trying to share with you. This is lesson number four from Things I've Learned, chapter 18 of my book, The God Who Intervenes, is learn to be a giver. Just like you learn to listen to God, you learn to be tender, you learn to share your faith, you learn to forgive, learn to be a giver. Read chapters of 2 Corinthians 8 and 2 Corinthians 9. There's tremendous principles there. Actually, I have a manuscript written on them. In the next six months or so, I intend to publish that. Uh, But for now, hold your time, your talent, your treasure up to God and say, God, I want to learn to be a giver. I want to give with a smile on my face, even when it hurts. I want to be aware of the lessons you're teaching me, Lord. I want to be a giver. I don't want to be a taker. Jesus, you are a giver. I want to be like you. Hey, this is Keith Tusi for Leadership in Context. Thanks for taking the time to invest your life. Send this podcast uh, to somebody. Uh, put it up on your Facebook and, and give a witness to it. There are some people that need to be generous, and God wants to set you free in that. Lord bless you. Today, Keith continued his discussion about lessons he's learned. We need to have the heart of a giver. Giving is one of those spiritual growth things that is continual. As you go through life, giving should be a sport. It should be an engagement. Giving should be something you are looking to improve. Keith writes about these lessons and more in his book, The God Who Intervenes, which is available at nrpastors.com. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.